Well, good morning, everybody. As uh, Kate said, you can probably hear it in my voice. Uh, I don't want to take a whole lot of time. Focus on me. Um, glad to be here. I've just been feeling kind of useless, <laughs> stuck down here in the basement. And uh, I mean, it's it's not even fun having any time off because you can't do anything, can't go anywhere, don't feel like doing anything. But uh, so, hey, let's get back to things, right? But anyway, so um, now now I have a lot more compassion for those of you who have already gone through COVID. Uh, I feel your pain a lot more than I did before. But anyway, so um, this morning I want to talk about, and I'm I'm I I don't know if I can just mute and unmute at will. If I start coughing, uh, I may have to. Uh, uh, work with that, Alex or Walt, and uh, figure out how to do this here. Um, so I want to talk to you this morning about rest. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in our Wednesday morning Bible study, got a lot out of it, uh, and especially appropriate for this incredibly busy, stressful holiday season that we find ourselves in every year. So Go ahead and turn to the book of Exodus this morning. It's it's also kind of neat. Exodus 20. Uh, we're coming off of last week where uh, Bart, uh, who did a great job, by the way, um, was talking about the Ten Commandments. And today we want to look uh, a little more specifically at commandment number four, Exodus 20, beginning at verse eight says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So this was the fourth commandment requiring God's people, excuse me, to take one day off from their regular labor and rest. Great idea, right? I think most of us, uh, though, if we were to be honest, would probably see this as a nice idea, but not too realistic with all the things that we have going on. Uh, let alone some of us have jobs that require us to work on Sundays, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think we could say for the most devout Christians, if I can say that, that Sunday, uh, we think of Sabbath, we think Sunday is church day. That's the day we go to church. That's the day that we uh, take time out for God. And um, so that that keeping the Sabbath for us is really going to church most every Sunday if we can. It's interesting, however, if you really um, look further into this command of God, the Lord makes it clear that this is not just a nice idea. Uh, Exodus 31 and verse 14 says, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, 
But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. Whoa. This uh, suddenly has changed from, wow, this is a cool thing, to, whoa, what is happening here? Whoever profanes this day, that is, whoever treats it flippantly or irreverently, or whoever does any work on it, shall be put to death. Wow, incredible. Now, we as Christians are not under the law. How many are glad of that now? <laughs> and, and I'm going to show you that in a little bit uh, scripturally. But what I want you to think first, why was this such a big deal to God? Why, why is this so important? Is this just a, a religious conformity thing, a rule to keep people in line? You follow these rules or, or you should be put to death. Um, I think to really understand this, we have to go all the way back to the fall when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Remember, in that case, it wasn't simply about eating a piece of fruit. The temptation in the garden was, if you have this knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. In other words, you won't need him anymore. So that was the day in their choice that they declared their independence. They declared they could do it on their own. That was the day that they became separated from a holy God by sin, separated from the life that flowed to them from him, and, and they died spiritually, right? And that curse of sin and death, Romans says, came to the whole human race. So that was that was an incredible a turning point in, in the human race right from the beginning. So instead of trusting God and his provision for them, they took matters into their own hands and that brought sin and sin brought death. And not just spiritually, just turn a few pages of time to Noah's day and we see where this independence from God leads to, where, where the Bible testifies that the thoughts and intents of everyone's hearts, that's the whole human race, the thoughts and intents of all of their hearts was only evil continually. Wow. So what happened in Noah's day? Like, like a surgeon cutting cancer from the body, uh, God brings the flood and takes all of this evil out of the world. Why? Because all it was going to mean was future death and heartache and, and violence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So then later on, after starting afresh with Noah and, and generations go, finally, God comes to Abraham and he basically says this. Abraham, I am God. Trust me and follow me and you will find life and blessing. And the Bible says Abraham believed God, Genesis 12, and it was credited to him as righteousness, right? God declared Abraham righteous. Why? Because Abraham was a perfect man? No, because of faith, because he trusted God. In other words, he did the opposite of what Adam and Eve had done. Adam and Eve abandoned faith in God for faith in self. Abraham turned that around, gave up his independence, and looked to God for his life. So 400 years later, uh, Abraham's descendants were slaves in Egypt. We're told that there arose a king in Egypt, a pharaoh, that didn't remember how God, through Abraham's great-grandson Joseph, saved 
uh, both Egypt and most of the known world from the Great Famine. But if you read between the lines, you see how, by and large, the people uh, who were Abraham's descendants had become pretty faithless and had become independent. But the Bible says when they began to cry out to God in their distress, in their slavery, in their inability to save themselves, he sent them a deliverer in Moses who brought them out with signs and wonders. And so now here they are. They're, they're, they've been taken out of Egypt by God. He brings them out. He brings them to himself. He's about to build a nation out of this people called Israel. And he sets forth these, these commandments as a foundation for building a healthy society. Don't steal, don't murder, etc. right? Foundations for society. And then there's this, Sabbath. We're coming full circle here. There is the Sabbath. What was the Sabbath for? The Sabbath was to take a whole day out of every week to not work, to rest. Now, science and biology both will tell us that we as human beings have a critical need to regularly unplug. You want to know why there is so much stress in our world? We are just going 90 miles a minute, trying to put 20 pounds of sugar in a five-pound bag all the time, going, 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 right? We need time to rest our bodies and our minds and our emotions. Jesus himself said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Right? It wasn't this ironclad rule that man was just supposed to uh, keep, you know, or he's in big trouble. No, the Sabbath was given to me. It was a gift to rest his body and his mind and his emotions. Right? It was a gift from God. But there's more to it than that, because let's face it, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done, right? There's a whole nother day to be productive, to get paid, maybe even to put a little aside for the future, right? Things we, things we didn't get to during the week, all kinds of things that we need to do. So to intentionally not work is to have to let go of all that, which means that they had to take God at his word that he would provide for them. Not working then was an expression of faith and trust in God. It was an expression of worship. It was a day to say, hey, I'm not taking things into my own hands like Adam and Eve, but I am choosing to trust and follow God like Abraham and believe that he is going to provide for my needs. I'm, I'm identifying myself as a follower of Yahweh, of the one true God, creator of heaven and earth. And I am taking this day off to trust him with my life, that he is my provider, that he is going to give me what I need. Contrary wise, to then break the Sabbath, what did that do? That repeated the sin in the garden, didn't it? to say, no, I need this day. I need to take matters into my own hands. I need to get this done. I need to get that done. I need to get the other thing done. I need to get ahead. I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm going to set my own destiny. I will build my life by my sweat and my wisdom. And what happens with that? Eventually, like most of America now in 22, 2022, it produces a life independent from God. 
There is no time off to identify. There is no time off to reflect on who God is and his awesome promises and and re-energize that on a consistent, regular basis. So you have a life independent from God. I'm doing my thing. I'm taking care of myself. And a life independent from God brings sin. Sin brings death, right? So the Sabbath was an incredibly important day to say, again, on a regular, consistent basis, I trust the Lord with my life. He is my God and I follow him. It's a day to turn away from pride and greed and envy and to give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness. And it was a day to rejoice that their quality of life was not dependent on any earthly resources, not dependent on earthly economy, not dependent on world events, but dependent on the sovereign God who loved them and brought them out of slavery and called them to be his people. It's called a day of rest, not just because of physical relaxation and mental respite, but a resting one's life in the love and goodness and faithfulness of God and the joy and the peace and the contentment and the stress reduction that goes with it. Do you see it this morning? In giving this commandment, God sought to keep them from an independent life that would lead their nation down the same road that you see that America is on now, where money and power rule, where godlessness abounds, wanting for his people peace and joy, contentment, security in him. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? A day that we have off of work, right? To do what? Hopefully to express this Sabbath idea, hopefully to give thanks to God and to remember where our provision comes from. Not just from the past to say, look at what God has provided for us, but to rest our hearts in him for the future. He is our awesome provider. But unfortunately, Thanksgiving itself is often overshadowed by busyness and early sales, isn't it? Another thing that God was doing in this Sabbath, even that even the Jews didn't understand, because the Sabbath day was a prophetic act. It was a prophetic act. What do I mean by that? It was something that illustrated a future event. It was a prophecy in picture form. Uh, for God was going to bring out an eternal rest through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, uh, you're all familiar. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Watch these words. Not of works, so that no one may boast, leaving work behind to accept the provision of God. 
Do you see the tie there? The Sabbath was specifically designed to point to the new covenant, to point to salvation by faith in Jesus Christ, not by any works that you and I can do, not by our good deeds, not by us trying harder, harder, harder. No, salvation comes when we rest from all of that and trust in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Physically, working on the Sabbath day would take the focus off the Lord and put it on human ability to provide. In the same way, trying to earn one's salvation through our own works, which always falls short, I get a witness, steers us away from faith in Jesus and God's plan of salvation through him, right? Our spiritual rest, our ultimate spiritual rest comes from resting from our own work trying to be good enough, and resting in what Jesus accomplished for us. So the Sabbath day was ultimately fulfilled in Christ, through whom we rest spiritually and through whom we come back into a covenant relationship with God, who once again promises to supply our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, Colossians uh, 2, 16 and 17 says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regards to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These things are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. We shouldn't be judged by anyone else, nor should we judge anyone else, um, another believer, as to what they do or don't do on Sunday. Why? Because the real substance of the Sabbath, that was a shadow of something to come, which Jesus accomplished on the cross. We are no longer bound by the Jewish law to keep a whole day in seven as a Sabbath. Okay, But the principle of the Sabbath, what was God looking for? What was he looking to accomplish in the lives of his people? Right. God didn't waste that. That was an example for us. What was he after? Right. Hebrews chapter four, uh, beginning of verse nine, says this. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So there is a rest for the people of God, not just a spiritual rest where we rest. I am going to heaven. I know it. Jesus died on the cross for me. My salvation is paid up. That's our spiritual rest. That's the ultimate rest. But what about the other rest? The same rest that God was after with his people day in and day out. Is your life, is my life marked by rest, right? By rest. Is, is, is our life marked as one without worry? Why? Because we have a deep inner peace that passes all understanding, knowing for certain that the same God will never leave or forsake us, right? Do we have that rest? Do we live in that rest? What does it take to enter that kind of rest? That is the principle 
of the Sabbath. We're not under the law of the Sabbath, but the principle of Sabbath. What was God after? And we enter that rest by again taking time to reflect on who we are, on whose we are, on the God who has been faithful to every generation, to a God who is powerful and, and, and there's nothing that can thwart his plans. There's nothing that he can't do. And we look at the promises of God and, and we begin to see who he is and who we are as his beloved children, and we rest in him. That doesn't happen just once. That, I mean, for the, God knows human nature. He knows how we're built. He made us. So he told the Israelites, you need one day off in seven. Let's call it basically 12 waking hours of soaking in the goodness of God. 12 waking hours in a week to reflect on who he is, to worship him, to give thanks, to, to look at his promises in scripture and to, and to thank him for them, to, to see how they apply to our lives. Say, yes, this is my God. To respond to him with prayers of thanksgiving and worship, sing songs, make melody in our heart to the Lord as, as we, you know, look at these promises. This is important for you and I. So we need to ask ourselves, where is my stress level versus my rest level? Am I truly living in God's rest? Am I at peace deep inside? No matter what's going on around me, do I have this consistent peace in my life. And if I don't, no condemnation from the pulpit or the basement. Um, do Is that where we're living? Am I there? I am not totally there. Okay. Let's, 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 because I don't keep as much Sabbath as I need to either. That might look different for different people. This is not, this is First Baptist Church. You have to take Sunday off every week. This is the rule. Legalism. No. This is talk to God. First of all, look in your own heart. And as I look in my own heart and say, am I at rest? Am I at peace? Especially needed in our day and in our time where things have just been crazy, topsy-turvy, everybody's stressed out, people are angry, et cetera, so much mental health. Am I taking enough time to sit in the presence of God, to sit before his word, to let those words energize me and give me that deep inner rest and peace that I need? It's the only place it's going to come from. It's not going to come from the pill. It's not going to come from the bottle. It's not going to come from hours of, of mindless entertainment on TV or scrolling through Facebook. That doesn't do it. It's not going to come from an hour and a half of church on a Sunday morning. It's not going to do it. It's going to be different for different people. Do it until it, and do it for you. You ask God. How much time do I need to take? What does it look like for me until I begin to feel 
I am his, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. Amen. So I hope this is a challenge for you. I hope it's a blessing for you because this is what God wants for his people. He wanted it back then. He wants it now. He wants us to live in rest. And hopefully, as we do, that that will be something that other people will see in us and they will say, tell me about your Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. So, Father, do speak to our hearts that you would draw us into that secret place, not to condemn us, not to say you've been doing this wrong, you've been doing that wrong, but to show us your love, to show us your promises, to show us your faithfulness, to remind us how precious we are to yours, to remind us of the covenant that we are in with you, a covenant where you've promised to supply our needs, to never leave us, to never forsake us. Let, Lord, those just become times of joy and rejoicing and worship in your presence that carry us throughout every single day. We praise you. We thank you for it, Lord. Speak to us, your people, and be glorified, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen.